This is Rashawn Slater, first-round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up. Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Happy birthday to us. We're over a year old. I shouldn't be uh, on this podcast. Get out. Get out now. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to come up here and bitch about it. I've got no comment for that. Choo-choo! The Julio train is leaving the station. Hello and welcome to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Bermudez, and on this podcast, we bring you the latest Chargers news. We preview and review every Chargers game, and we bring you the hottest takes around, especially this off-season. What have we got to talk about? Well, it's deep into the off-season. The schedule has dropped. We're going to talk about what we're excited about, what whether we might slip up, You know, the big games we're, we're looking forward to. We're going to be talking about listener questions. Thank you for sending some in. We're going to be talking about the players we think, the new draftees or free agents, the one we think is going to have the most first-year impact. And we're going to be talking about Julio Jones, um, big burning topic, whether or not we pick him up, we trade for him, or if he's going to go somewhere else. I am joined by two amazing co-hosts. First up, it is the man with no cash in his bank account because he has been rinsed i think he's been on a big spending spree to be fair he's a crook he is mr john was julia good in fact is, is it good evenings good afternoon well, i don't even know what time of day it is um, good afternoon good evening <laughs> good, good night is that I, I shouldn't be uh on this podcast because i can't pay my electricity bill because someone cleaned out my bank account thank you mr crooks we'll find you probably a raiders <laughs> fan We'll start up. A, we'll start up a just giving account and get you fifty p. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also joined by soon not to be. Maybe his. Maybe one of his last ever episodes from Costa Rica. Jones. Buenos dias, everybody. Um, yeah, sadly, my life and my easy life is gone, and I'm back to the rat race that is Southern California. So closer to my bolts, but uh, further from my heart. <laughs> just rub it in, John. Costa Rica to SoCal. You know, we'll just sit over in the UK where it's still. Pissing it down with rain, minus four, and uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm in the well, I'm in the worst hotspot for COVID in the world. Where one of them in Bolton, so you know, thank you for that. Yeah. Bez Rob has been in. locked down for seventeen months. He hasn't seen his garden. <laughs> <laughs> Can't leave the spare room. Yeah, so true. Right, guys, you know, uh, um, we're going to kick it off. We're going to have a rapid session. We've got a really great interview coming up later in the show. So stay tuned for that, listeners. We've got. Um, you know, a, a Patriots fan, don't boo too loudly, but he is the son of a very famous Premier League football referee. Um, and he's got some hot takes about the Chargers, about Hunter Henry. Big interview coming up. It's really exciting um, to hear a perspective about the Chargers from, from elsewhere in the in the NFL. Um, guys, we're going to kick it off. The Chargers schedule has dropped. Um, I'm one of these people that couldn't care less. We play who we play. We play with them when we play them. But I'm going to run through it, and I want you to, you know, tell me the games you're excited about, any major thoughts about the the, the schedule. Um, we're at Washington versus Dallas. Then we go to Kansas City to play Mahomes in the first of those games, and then straight from there we go home to play the Vegas Raiders. Um, then we're playing the Browns, who are one of the favourites uh, to progress quite deep in the playoffs. Uh, at Baltimore before our bye and we come straight out against the Patriots where we try and avenge the 45-0 defeat last year Um, at Philly then uh, Minnesota at home at Pittsburgh sorry against Pittsburgh at home then Denver Cincinnati then the Giants then the second of our Mahomes-Herbert matchups against Kansas City before the final three games are against the Texans the Broncos and the Raiders to finish us off on January the 9th um, you know, guys, what what are you looking at when you see this schedule? What stands out to you was <laughs> a, 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 an entire season without a defeat. What what more? What, what do you want? <laughs> Not sixteen and zero anymore. It'll be seventeen. No, 0, so, no listen, I am with you, Bez. There's no point in worrying about playing them and them and them. It's we have to take one game at a time. The most important game is Week One, Washington. And I've written on chargedupbolts.com, I think we can go 2-0. and Take us into that Kansas City game um, on, a, on, a, on a fast start. And I think we do need a fast start because last year was mightily depressing. And we've got a new head coach. If things get off to a bit of a rocky start, you know, it's going to be the same old charges again. So we, the first game, Washington, okay, Chase Young against um, our O-lines will be really interesting. 
but I think we can we can overcome them. And, I, and I'm going to say this now until week one: our offense is going to lead us to to more victories um, than last season. That's that's going to be the strongest part of our game, and we've got to make it count when Herbert's got the football. But there are some interesting map, matchups. I'm looking forward to seeing the Browns. Um, that's going to be a good one because they're on the up. Everyone's expecting them to rebound back into the playoffs this season. And I think this year is going to be a real good test for us. Can we close the gap on the Chiefs? Can we move away from the Broncos and the Raiders? Um, it's all there uh, for the taking, really. But it's all eyes are on week one for myself. Well, it's interesting because I'm going to cast your mind back. By the way, happy birthday to us. We're over a year old. You know, first yeah, podcast since episode since our one year anniversary be claiming our pensions soon <laughs> mate exactly you know thank you everybody who supported us in the last year it's been 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 really exciting kickoff year um but this time last year when we were doing this review you were bold as brass you were we're going two and oh we're going to beat the panthers and i can't remember who the other team were whoever it was um and then we, we won the first game and with uh tyrod and then went on no, you know Bengals are you over optimistic? And, and the chiefs i said that we'd do the double over the chiefs and we almost did I was the only one that stuck my neck out. <laughs> Almost schmalmost. You know, John, put him in his place, please. What are you excited about? He's, he's, he was going a bit mad. Uh, I'm very excited because I 100% believe the Chargers are going to do something they've never done in the history of the franchise. That's right. You heard me. This will be the first time ever since 1960 <laughs> ever that the Chargers are going to do this. And that is finish with a record that includes 17 games. Uh, I have no idea what they're going to do this year. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they, you know, it's, it's, it's that time of year, right? You see that cycle of Chargers hype that happens every single year. We talk about it, you know, Chargers have a good draft. They make some really quality free agent signings. Uh, there's a lot of hype around the team. Everybody's healthy right now because nobody's injured. Like it, it is, it's just that time of year where everyone's excited and, you know, they are once again being talked about as a, as a dark horse, um, you know, <laughs> Super Bowl contender, right? Like they're the dark horse team, you know, them. And I think the Browns this year are the other like really popular, like dark horse one. So, ah, you know, it is, it's an annual tradition, I guess, to get our hopes up. But, uh, you know, it, it's hard for me to say because I think that, you know, again, I'm, I, I probably get sucked into the same hype. But, uh, you know, I, I see the schedule and I see this team and the talent and the excitement around our new head coach. You just It just feels like there's a whole new culture being set. And you just kind of think, oh, I mean, maybe it is the year. Maybe, maybe this is the year that we do it. And, you know, I'm really excited. I just think there's a lot that has to go right though. I think I want to temper expectations for myself and for the rest of the Bolt fan, because you got to remember, there's a lot of change going on. Yes. We revamped the offensive line and I could not be any happier. That is how you win championships. You started on the, on the offensive line and you protect Herbert and you give him time and you give Eckler some actual room to, to do what he does best uh, and get in space and make magic happen. I mean, I just really excited about it, but offensive line, uh, you know, I think maybe more than any other position requires a lot of communication, requires just kind of a lot of awareness by everybody. And there's a lot of kind of gelling that needs to happen. People need to understand that like, if I do this assignment, who's going to take that assignment, right? If I yell this, who's going to do that? You know, if I miss this, do I know so, you know, should I miss outside or should I miss inside? There's just so much going on that. John, it's not, and I think there's more to it as well. It's, you know, we've got a new coaching staff. It's whether or not they can gel and make sure that there's that harmony. Uh, I'm sure Staley and, and Tom Telesco have done their homework, but you're absolutely right. This is a brand new uh, pot of ingredients and it and it has has to come together. Um, I mean, the rookies are, are a massive risk, as they always are. Can they keep their nose clean off the field? Can they behave themselves? Can they do what's being asked? You know, can they live up with the, with the, with the pressure of playing pro football? And you're absolutely right. But I suppose this is the same for many other teams that have gone through the uh, coaching tree uh, change. But um, yeah, there's, there's a lot has to go right for us to have a successful season. Um, you're spot on, mate. 
You know, I'm quite philosophical. I think it's going to be an interesting year. We've got a relatively decent strength of schedule to go up against. Quite weak teams from last year. Um, I think it's in our favour that we've got some some a nice bye week. <coughs> I still disagree with the league not extending the roster, given that there's an extra game. But what can you do? So injuries could play a factor. You know, I, I'm going to temper expectation as well, like you, John. I don't think it's quite. You know, it's not one of those years where we're going to smash it and go 17 and 0 like was going on. It's one of those. You know, we've got a new coach. We've got an exciting lineup. Um, you know, an exciting roster, some good pieces, but I'm looking to the future. I think this is a, you know, compete, get in the playoffs um, over a period of time. And next year's draft is so deep. I think this is the beginning of an exciting journey. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward, in, in particular for me, to the Raiders Broncos games. Everyone's talking up Mahomes Herbert, but the division's strong, you know. So, so we've got an amazing secondary from the Broncos. We've got. Gruden really needed to turn the turn the pressure up for the for Vegas. How we play in those games, I think they will be some of the most watched and anticipated games of the season. Can't wait to see us absolutely destroy our divisional rivals this year. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's coming. Listen, we 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 had we were three and three last year. Zero uh, and six the year before, and I, and I think a four and two record would be progression. Um, I think that's what. The, the minimum target should be uh, within the division is four and two, um, and uh, we need we I think as a franchise we need to be pushing in the last two weeks for playoff football even if it's a wild card to keep people interested and to keep believing in what we're doing uh, you know for a fan base and also for the players to sort of buy into the culture of, of what Telesco and Staley are going to be setting out between now and week uh, uh, seventeen. No, no, I couldn't agree more. You know, there is a lot of excitement around the franchise at the moment. Keeping that momentum going is such a great, great comment was. You know, John, do you think there's any chance the the Herbert bubble can be burst with this schedule, with next year? Are you worried that Staley coming in, things changing for the for the sophomore could see a slump and, and some disappointment in, in LA? Or do we think, you know, Herbert's too legit, too much of the real deal to, to have that? Uh you know, I, I I don't know if there's going to be a slump um, per se. I, I don't know if he's for him to not have a slump. He's going to have to make improvements, I guess, is what I'm trying to say here. They you know, I, I know we always hear all the stuff about oh what he did under pressure and what he did, you know, outside of the pot and all that stuff is not necessarily the most reputable. And it's absolutely true. You can't base there's such a wide variety in how you perform under pressure. Um you know, from year to year, from even the greatest quarterbacks that you can't count on him to have the same kind of miraculous season, um, you know, under pressure. The hope is that he's not under pressure as much as he was last time. So it won't be that big of an issue. Um, But he did have some weaknesses. He definitely even, you know, in clean pockets, he missed receivers. Um, You know, I I can, I can count on, on multiple times in each game where he just straight up missed a receiver or a tight end uh, who was open. So, you know, he needs to clean that up. Uh, I, I think he needs to kind of work a little bit on, on some of his decision-making. Um, he obviously made some poor interceptions uh, last year. Um, and, you know, I think he got better towards the end of the season, but I, I think that that is something that he needs to definitely be cleaned up, not get overconfident in anything he does. Um, so I think those are all, all areas of improvement for him. I, I don't think that, there's necessarily going to be an area where he really has trouble. Cause I think he got a full season in, and, and yeah, there's new tape out there, but I think I have confidence in, in Brady and Staley to, to create something, uh, sorry, this Brady, I meant Lombardi, Lombardi and Staley to create something new um, that offenses as uh, will kind of surprise other defenses out there, which will allow Herbert again to have a little bit of cushion as, you know, defensives have tried to adjust to what they saw from him last year. They're going to see something a little bit different from him this year. And I think that'll help him as well. So I don't think there's going to be a major slump. I, I think may, you know, does he set an, another record this year? I don't know. I don't know if he's going to have a record setting year again, uh, but I think he's going to have a very good year. So I'm not too worried about it. I think uh, the other the other factor is the number of coaching changes that Herbert's gone through since his college time. I think Bruce Arians has come out and said it's never good, never a good time to be changing quarterbacks, as, especially as a second year pro. But I think his his intelligence, his ability to understand the game and adapt, I think that will get him through this. And and everything that John said 
uh, I completely agree with. But it just what I, I don't know. You, you see, look, I know we we look at we we always compare X player with Y player, and some of them are model professionals. You, you know, your Rivers, your Drew Breezes, and some of us, some of them go off the rails. And at no point during his college career or his, his rookie year does Herbert ever look like he's one of those characters that's gonna sort of forget about what he's doing and, and take his eye off the ball. And, and I think with all those traits of his athleticism, self-discipline and his and his his uh, IQ, I, I think we can expect, expect another solid year from Herbert. Whether he'll go on to break his touchdown uh, record of last season, um, does it matter? As long as he's getting the yardage and he, and he's being efficient with the football, I suppose that's what matters really. And and, wh- and whether we can get that offence ticking over, unlike last year when it kept stalling. But most of the team was stalling last year, so it's going to be interesting. But but I expect him to have another really good year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I mean, to be fair, according to everyone else, you know, everyone said that what we needed to do was fix his O line, protect him, and he would be so good. So you know, he now has the most incredible O line we've ever seen, and. He's got Rashawn Slater. How how cool was that intro at the beginning, guys? You know, we have Rashawn. Thank you, Rashawn, for recording us a new intro, getting in touch. We're, you know, uh, hoping, trying to get to, to get him on our podcast for a cheeky little international interview. <laughs> uh, he said that he's, he's pretty stacked with doing the... Uh, the team, um, the team social media stuff. But uh, hopefully, when things calm down, we'll, we'll get, get to meet we'll him. We'll meet him at the Super Bowl. It's fine. It's fine, you know. But you know, how, you know we've got this new O line. Uh, he's protected. He's got offensive weapons. He's about to get Julio Jones as, as a wide receiver on the on the roster. There's no, there's no failing for this young man. Um, you know, I, I just think there could be a learning curve of a new playbook of coming in and having to do something different. Um, and I think we could see maybe not struggles, but a little bit of a slower offense uh, in the early stage of the season. And then I think he'll light it up later. Um, you know, I, I mentioned Julio. This is the big burning topic. It's all over social media that he's up to be traded. He's going somewhere 23 million cap hit this year, but reduced to about 15 over the next couple of years. Um, next year's draft is very deep. So do we spend, and we're due some comp picks. So do we spend some of that capital uh, to go and bring him in, or is it too expensive? John Ayres, you know, Julio Jones, worth the price to go get him, or an unnecessary waste of picks when a big, exciting draft is coming up next year? So this is a tough question, and I think I want to make myself very clear. I can believe that Julio Jones is worth a first round pick plus other assets. I can believe that he's worth that, but I can also believe it's not a good move for the Chargers. And and I'll say this, it's not that I don't think Julio helps make the offense better. He does. Um, you know, and it's not that I think he's going to suck this year cuz I think he'll be I think he'll be very good this year. I just don't think the timeline really lines up here. So this is not a year for the Chargers to be a contender. Honestly, if they make the playoffs this year, I would be pleasantly surprised. I don't have that expectation for them to win, the, to make it to the playoffs this year, just because I think that there's so much change as we talked about: new coaching staff, new offensive scheme, new defensive scheme, new uh, players, brand new offensive line, uh, rookies playing important positions. Uh, there's just so much change going on that I think it's going to take, you know a few games, if not half a season to really get everybody on the same page, I think, and really get everything going on uh, at full cylinders. And even though they have a plan in place, you know, who's to say that once they have everything moving, they don't realize, Oh, we need to tweak this because blank isn't working out or, you know, Oh, this, these set of plays, just this package of plays just doesn't seem to be working. We need to figure something new out. So I think there's going to be a lot of kind of feeling out this year. So, um, you know, if, if you're trading for Julio Jones right now, you're trading for this year. Yes, you get 2022. Yes, you get 2023. But I just think that regardless of how good he's been in, in the past and regardless of how few of games he's missed, uh, you know, if you look at, you know, various sources online, you can actually find full reports on all of the injuries that he's played through. Yes, he's played through these injuries when he was younger, but he just gets a lot of little injuries. So as you get older, physiologically, your body does not hold up the same. That is just 
simple science. That is everybody's true. I don't care how much you work out or how elite of an athlete you are. Your body does not manage things the same. So far into his, you know, going into his 32 and a half year old season, he's been able to kind of manage through it. Yes, last year he had some some severe injuries that that made him miss most of the season. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to miss most of the season this year. I just think that he is still going to be missing games, and that's for this year. Now you're looking at the timeline where maybe 2022 really is the where the window for championship opens, which I do believe. I believe if everything works out this year, next year is the real window of, of contention. Now you've got him at 33 and a half years old. We don't know, you know, how how he ha- hangs uh, holds up over this 2021 season. I don't know with 17 games. I just think that there's too much risk involved, uh, and the timeline does not necessarily line up. You know, if this team's going to be really good and contend, it's going to be because the offensive line worked really well. It's because the team stayed relatively healthy, and it's because the defense is kicking on all cylinders. And to be honest, if if the team, if all those things happen, those three things happen, I think they could be a contender without Julio Jones. I think there's that much talent on this team that they can contend without Julio Jones if all those things go well. I think with Julio Jones, you still need all those three things to probably go well to be a contender. So I just don't see the value in bringing him him in this year. If this were, if we were a year ahead of schedule and we were a contender this year, make the pick, you know, send a first and a second. I don't care. You know, he could be the, the icing on the cake that puts this team over the top, but that's just not the case. So while I think he's worth what everybody's saying, he's going to get traded for. I just don't think it's the timeline fits with where the charges are in their current development. So uh, I'm going to say no on Julio. You could ask yourself this one question. Could the Chargers building handle Julio and Keenan Allen at the same time? Keenan is one of the best wide receivers in the league, as is Julio. You know, you've got two players there. One sort of towards the end of his career. One, you know, at the peak of his prime. How are they going to operate together? Because Keenan is is is, is wide receiver one. Julio would want to play that role. That's the first question you've got to you've got to ask yourself. The second question is, we're going to expect an expansive uh, playbook from Lombardi this year. What does that mean? Well, we're going to look less predictable. We're going to see less of uh, uh, you, you know we're not going to see uh, run run pass punt every week. With the players that we've got and the ability that Herbert's got. Is Julio really going to add that much more to our game? Bearing in mind, we're looking at um, the ability to block speed on the outside with Tyron Johnson. Um, how we are we going to take away from the development of the players like uh, KJ Hill? Joe Reed didn't have a good season last year. Is he more fit to special teams? But Julio Jones could really upset the plans for Lombardi and the offense as a whole. And it goes back to say what I've just said. How is it going to affect the team? Or how is it going to affect the performance of Keenan Allen? You see in so many um, franchises uh, across multiple sports where you've got two alpha males of a specific uh, skill position. They come together and to the the naked eye, it's fine. But behind the scenes, it's chaos. And And you spoke about this many a times, Bez. Telesco likes harmony within his locker room. And I'm just wondering whether or not Julio would upset that harmony, you know, because you've got a natural pecking order. All of a sudden, Julio comes in. It's like, well, actually, the rookies are going, well, actually, who is wide receiver number one? Is it is it the veteran Keenan or is it the veteran Julio who's, who's played more snaps, he's had more reps, he's been on the pitch, you know, a lot longer? You know, it, it might be a case where they do sign Julio and he comes in and says, look, guys, I'm here just to help out. You know, develop, play my part. Keenan, you're you're number one. But you've got to ask why, why is Julio leaving the Falcons? He wants to win. He's going to want game time. And, and I think when you unravel that and analyse that, I think it's a no. At this point in time, it's a no. Now, had we entered the season with an injured Keenan Allen or had he come into the season off the back of a bad injury, I think then that's when you say, yes, it's an insurance policy. We bring in Julio Jones. But for me, it's a no. You know what? You know we've we've got Keenan Allen, haven't we? As you've said, Mike Williams, fifteen million dollars. As much as you know, didn't think we wanted him on the team, particularly John. Um, you know he's there, and and he is our big body deep threat. 
Um, and we've got you know Josh Palmer, exciting third round pick for the for the, for the for the Chargers, who's coming in to make a difference. Plus all the other names. But you're wrong, boys. You're wrong. We... <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> you, if you get a chance to go and get Julio Jones, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, when you have picks galore and budget cap galore, you go get him. You don't let him go elsewhere to one of your rivals who you're playing in the playoffs. Um, you know He is elite. He's better than what we have. Keenan Allen is one of the top five wide receivers in the NFL. Julio's above him. Now, is he old? Yes. Is there an injury risk? Yes. There's an injury risk with every player. You need depth this year. You need elite talent. And it gives you options because you bring him in and you can say, oh, you know what, Mike Williams, cheers for service. We've got Julio. You can go on your way. We've got Josh Palmer, who was successful, to, to step up into wide receiver three. But go get Julio. I'm driving this train because, you know, I, I don't like giving up picks. And, and... But at the end of the day, if you get to see Julio for a couple of years in a Chargers uniform, um, and that's that big marquee free agent signing, so to speak, that we haven't splashed around in for the LA fight, you, you go do it. So yes, listeners, I'm on the Julio chain. Sod the Johns. We know what we, we know what Herbert wants. Why is everyone clamouring for an, offen- an offensive line for Herbert? But, oh, no, we don't want to go and get one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Nah, we don't want that. Get out. Get out now. I would say if this was Julio Jones two years ago, give two first-round picks and don't even think about it. But this is 32-and-a-half-year-old Julio Jones. I don't care how good he's been in the past. Every year, your body decays a little bit. Every year, your body dies. Like, your bones are done, like, are start dying by the time you're, like, 12, right? This guy has had lots of. Remember how Mike Williams always seems to always have some little injury, but he plays through it a lot. Imagine Mike Williams trying to play through all those injuries at 32 years old, right? That's what we're asking Julio Jones to do. I'm sorry, it just he he is going wide receivers, much like a running back. When they fall off that cliff, I mean, it is drastic. (laughs) I mean, they become a shadow of themselves very quickly, and you have no idea when it's going to happen. Right. We have no idea. We haven't seen Julio Jones play since the beginning of last year. What if he comes out and he's running you know, half speed? You know, what, what if he doesn't have that burst? Yeah, he still is a great route runner and can get open. But if you need somebody who's not super fast and runs great routes, we have Keenan Allen. <laughs> you know, like, like there's a, Julio Jones to be a, an asset to this offense needs to bring something that we don't have. And yes, Julio Jones regular regular everyday julio jones brings something that nobody in the league has current julio jones i don't know and again i don't think they they even with julio jones i don't think they're a contender this year i think the contender content real contender window starts next season and i if i have questions about julio this year you better believe i have questions about julio in 2022 I just, uh, I, I just don't think the timeline works. That's all it is. I would love to see it, and if they do it, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to come up here and bitch about it. Nope. I, yes, I might will. buy a Julio yes, Jones will. jersey. I'm not. Gonna, I might buy a Julio Jones jersey. I might. No, you're banned. I mean, it's just, it, I would be excited and I would cheer for it and I would be excited and I would convince myself that it was the right move. I'm sure, uh, and I'd be the number one on the Julio Jones bandwagon. I'm sure, but I just, for thinking using my thought my head here and not my heart no no the, the, the tickets the tickets for the julio bandwagon have sold out you've missed it you, you're barred you're not allowed look, on um look, <laughs> I, I may need to, I, I may i may not go to every home game this year so i've got a few tickets to sell trust me julio jones being on the team at least another 20 to 50 bucks i can add tack on top of that ticket price in the secondary market okay financially for me i would love to see julio jones but i just from my head I just don't think it makes sense from a timeline perspective. In in the words of a fairly famous American, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no comment for that. Oh, Bez, trust you, man. Trust me. You know, I can't help it. Um, fired. <laughs> oh, Alan Sugar's joined us. Um, so was you know is 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 anti Johnny's anti. They're not allowed on our band. Not anti. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think it's a. I think it's the wrong time to no. do it. I, I see where you're coming from. I disagree. Um, but we'll, I, I think the price will be too expensive. I don't think it will happen as much as you know. I, I'd be excited for it to happen. Um, my you know last big segment. Um, 
Oh no, in fact, I'm going to jump straight to a special guest. Um, and, you know, introducing him is uh, very exciting to have him on the show. Is a, the son of a former Premier League football referee. Um, if, if for those Americans that don't know, go on YouTube and type Andy Durso Man United in. And, and you'll know immediately who he is. He's the guy with some of the most famous Man United players in his face. Uh, his son's a big Patriots fan, a contributor to the uh, to the Patriots the, network. The funny old thing there, Manchester United Patriots, because Manchester United are the Patriots of soccer, just to get that one right out there for our US listeners. Yeah, that everyone hates. Uh, so we're going to jump to his interview and welcome him to the show. What's up, guys? I'm Sean Lightsall Merriman, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolt Podcast. Thanks for listening. Well, now we have a very special guest joining us on this week's episode. That is none other than Mr. Daniel Derso. How are you, my friend? Very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, can't complain, apart from the fact that I'm going to reveal to our listeners that you have two, not one, but two dirty little secrets. The first... (laughs) Um, you know, f- football we're talking about, but you know, there's there's another football. I'm not going to dare call it soccer because that's a disgusting word. But the it's real true. the real football. You have a link to this. You know, you have a bit of a, a famous dad, I believe. Is this is this Andy Derso, referee in the uh, Premier League once upon a time? <laughs> well, I'm I'm Phil behind the curtain. I'm very glad that you you warned me that you'd be asking this question. Um, but uh, yes, um, so. My dad is, uh, is a football referee, former Premier League referee uh, in football or English football. I also am not going to call it soccer. Um, out of, yeah, just refusing to do so. But yeah, um, he used to referee in the Premier League. Um, I'm a referee now myself as well. So uh, hopefully with any luck one day, I'll be able to follow in his footsteps and, and reach the heights that he managed to reach. I can hear our listeners booing you universally. You know, what what, what was that like for you? Like, is, What's your big memories of growing up with your dad in the Premier League with all the famous footballers? I guess uh, the main thing for me as a, as a kid, I was really lucky to be able to go to quite a few games, tick off quite a lot of famous grounds and, and witness some amazing atmospheres. So that was just a big thing for me. I don't necessarily have one specific memory uh but just just having that opportunity and being a really really lucky kid who loved football just to be able to go and watch games and and watch my dad and it was, it was all a bit surreal looking back at it now but it was just great to be able to go to different games and, and see him out on the pitch it was almost like it wasn't real life when you're a kid well for our listeners uh, if you're not familiar with dan's dad uh, go on youtube Type in Andy Durso Man United and there is a very famous incident with some famous Man United players giving him grief. Um, I'm going to give you even more grief because your second dirty secret is even worse than the first. Um, you're on a Chargers podcast, but you're not a Chargers fan. Uh, who's your team? Uh, so I am a Patriots fan. Um, and yeah, hearing all the boos again. So I wondered what you were going to ask me about with the second dirty secret, but yeah, that is uh, that is the second one, and I'm not surprised that that's what you brought up. So, yeah, I, I do apologise. I'm a Patriots fan, or I should say, actually, I don't apologise. Um, but I'm a pre-Brady era Patriots fan, so please don't give me too much grief or call me a glory hunter because mm. I was there before uh, before the glory. Mate, as if you're not only the son of a referee, you are a referee and you support the Patriots. Actually think we have Satan himself on the podcast. <laughs> so um, my big my big question is, you know, it's been a big off season for you guys, for everyone. It's, it seems as if the entire NFL is shifting, uh, entering a new era with young quarterbacks coming through. Um, the biggest thing that's changed is that you didn't win uh, your division. Uh, Brady left he went and won a Super Bowl because he sold his soul to the devil to do so uh, with the Buccaneers uh, and you know Bilicek lost out in the division for the first time in in my memory and then decided that he didn't like going 7-9 and nine and signed every free agent and then got himself Mac Jones in the draft um, how did you feel the offseason went? Yeah obviously as you say lots of uh, lots of free agent signings I think historically Teams that go out and, and splash out in free agency, maybe that isn't the most successful approach. Um, but let's see, you know, we've got arguably the greatest head coach in history who's amazing at talent evaluating. So fingers crossed he's, he's signed the right guys. Draft perspective, it, it's fantastic. I'm really pleased, personally. Um, I thought, you know, Saban, obviously with Mac Jones coming from Alabama and, and that relationship between Saban and Belichick, um, those guys 
obviously talk pretty pretty much probably every day. Belichick probably talks to Saban more than he talks to his girlfriend. So, um, you know, I'm pretty happy with the pick. Um, when the Bears traded up uh, just ahead of the Patriots, I thought, okay, well, Fields is going to go here. So next best thing is going to be Mac Jones. So I'm really pleased. Um, I don't think Mac Jones is the starter coming in. I think you've got to stick with Cam. Uh, he's had his critics from last season, but uh, I think you, you let the rookie develop behind him. Um, and yeah, obviously really weird not winning the division, I have to say. Uh, as you say, first time in your memory, first time for 20 years, I think. So a bit of a weird one, but uh, you know, the Bills, to their credit, were, were brilliant and and that they'll be a contender again this season. Yeah, they're an exciting franchise. You know, it's, it's part of that revolution of the new quarterbacks, the young Ed- head coaches coming in you know bills go and go and win the division you've got wilson coming in and going to the jets that's going to be interesting they put a lot of offensive weapons with him and they'll probably ruin them all um and then you've got the dolphins hopefully with any luck they will <laughs> and then you've got dolphins forever in the Chargers' shadow with tua who's you know drafted one spot ahead of herbert and nowhere near as good um with his gippy hip but what what's interesting is you know as a patriots fan uh, you've seen that he's gone after both the tight ends this offseason. He went for Jonu Smith. And I thought, don't worry. As, as I said on the podcast, Herbert, um, Hunter Henry was the, the prize pig of the tight end class in free agency. I wasn't keen on the top two tight ends in the draft. Um, and then you went and nabbed both of, of the free agents and got Hunter Henry. Um, you know, are you excited to bring him in? What do you know about Hunter from for the Chargers fans listening? Yeah, of course. Uh, obviously, a uh, uh, Chargers podcast, we can't go without men- mentioning Hunter Henry, especially as he's now on the Patriots. Um, my main question would be durability. Um, and and that's obviously been a question ever since he's come into the league. I don't think he's ever played 16 games. And now we've got an extra game tagged on as well for the se- for the regular season. So again, are you going to get a full season out of the guy? Um, you know, missed the whole 2018 season with a torn ACL. Um I think he had a broken leg as well early in one season too, maybe even in 2019, and then came back later in the year. So it's durability is a big question for me. Productivity, uh, yeah, I can see it. And as you say, that too tight end offense, um, you know, I don't want to say the name too much because it's almost like saying Beetlejuice three times. But Aaron Hernandez and Gronkowski, going back to those days of that two t- those two tight end sets um, that, that we had was the offense was pretty much unstoppable. And I know we had Brady under center at that point, but I still think this could elevate Cam's game um, going back to those two tight end sets. So I think, I think it'll be good. It's just a question of can Hunter Henry stay healthy. Yeah, that was always his knock for me. He came out of college with this guy that had never dropped a ball. Loved the guy in his intermediate routes, crossing the field, always getting his hands on it, and, and but not being able to stay on the field. Uh, I think the Chargers under, underutilised him for several seasons, um, pretty criminally. Um, so maybe he doesn't have as much mileage, even though his body's banged up. Um, but, you know, you've got a good one if he can stay on the field. Um, some of the elite status, I, I think I, I analysed him in, earlier on in the off-season for the Chargers and felt that you've got the Travis Kelseys of the world um, and and um, Kittle as well, um, and and you have them at the peak, and you pay those guys, you pay those guys, but you, what you you know, Hunter Henry is sort of one of the top tight ends of the next chapter of the yeah. next group, um, and I, I I didn't disagree with not paying him thirty eight million dollars almost, uh, you know, but don't begrudge you for doing so. It's in that grey area, isn't it, of value? But if you can stay on the field, you've you've got a good one, and you might compete. If you had a quarterback anywhere near as good as uh, Herbert, but you don't. Hey, I think just from a Chargers perspective, with Hunter Henry obviously no longer being there, it'll be interesting to see how Herbert adapts because I think the best thing on an offensive field for a young quarterback is, as a safety blanket, is a really good tight end. So to not have Hunter Henry there, um, I think is going to be really interesting to see how Herbert develops and progresses in year two. Obviously, he he surpassed and exceeded expectations in year one. I was really pleased to see it because I love watching good quarterback play. There's nothing I hate more than than watching bad quarterback play. So, 
yeah, I, I, well, I've been blessed with it for the last what twenty years, so I'm used to watching good quarterback play, right? You but, mean system quarterback play? <laughs> <laughs> we could have that argument all day, but um, no, I mean it'll be interesting to see how Hunter, uh, sorry, how uh, Hunter Henry leaving uh, affects Herbert, and hopefully, I mean, I'm not sure how you guys have replaced him, but hopefully, um, you know, you can replace those targets and that safety yeah. blanket still be there. Well, we went out and signed the veteran cook from New Orleans. You know, he's, you know, strictly speaking, um, a pass catching tight end. You know, he, he's in the same bracket as Henry, but probably lower down in the rankings. But I'm excited about the guy. I've had him in fantasy quite a few years reliably when he's been when he's been healthy with Breeze throwing to him. And then we went and drafted a third round uh, tight end called Trey McKitty, who for me was the top blocking tight end, but can also catch. So we've brought in these pieces. We already had my boy Don and Parham Jr. out of the yes, Canadian League. Um, so, you know, they've, they've built some young talent with a veteran. Um, whether or not it can replace Hunter and the and the pure talent he brings, we're going to see because he was a first-round talent for me when he came out of college. But you've got a good one. I think that's exciting. Um, you mentioned uh, 17th game. So I'd like to get your feel on a couple of things, really. Um, how do you feel about adding a 17th game and the OCD horror that is never going 8-8 eight and eight again? And um, and obviously the U, the UK games. Have you been? Um, how good is it to have those games come across to the UK? Yeah, I mean it's a good thing Jeff Fisher isn't coaching in the league anymore, so you can't go seven and nine. Um, but uh, no, I, I think from a, a serious perspective, the 17th game, unfortunately, like a lot of sports and like a lot of industries these days, it's all about the money. Um, it's going to bring in extra revenue for the league, the TV bills. You know, we already see how much money the TV companies make and the broadcasters make. It's an extra game um, and it's an extra opportunity for advertising and and stuff like that. So that's my cynical view. Um, However, it was built into the last CBA, the last collective bargaining agreement. So it was always coming. It was always going to happen. Um, I think a second bye week for the teams would maybe have been something a bit better. Um, but obviously, it's good that they have reduced the preseason. Um, however, from it depends on what perspective you're coming at with regards to the, to the reduction of the preseason as to whether that's good or not. Um, it's good because you know less games, more of a chance to stay healthy, less of a chance of injury. How many guys do we see go down in preseason and they miss you know the regular season and and it ruins it because everyone wants to see the big guys play. Um, but now. You know, there's a lot less of a chance for the undrafted free agents and rookies and young guys having to learn um, and, you know, takes away opportunities for them to make that final 53 man roster. So it's tough. Um, In terms of the London games, um, I've always preferred, uh, well, I say always, I I prefer the new Spurs stadium to Wembley uh, just because it is more of a purpose built stadium. and I've, I've, I've gone to many of the games. I've, I've been to some of the Twickenham games, which I didn't think was as bad as people thought it was. Um, Wembley's good, but the Spurs Stadium is great. The only bad thing is about the, the NFL UK kind of organisation kind of um, sharpening the fans, really. Uh, obviously not sticking to their season ticket holder promises. And, and that was I was one of them, and I was really frustrated. So, the, and, then, and then, yeah, the London games would be really interesting. Um in terms of this year, it's just been announced today. So maybe we're breaking a little bit of news, I guess, or maybe we're a bit behind. But uh, I'm, I'll leave that one to you if you want to talk about what the matchups are. Well, they're in your division, you know. So half your division is coming to, to the UK. So why don't you announce it for, for everyone? So I believe on October the 10th, we have the Falcons at the Jets. Um, and I will not be taking my flag home that everyone gets uh, for that, unless I want to uh, save myself some money on my next toilet roll purchase um and then on october the 17th uh we have the dolphins at the jags uh so it could be interesting but i think again the uk gets some mediocre games um, well that that second one's the one i think i'm going to definitely go to because i'm interested in seeing Tua versus lawrence um and actually even bigger than that i'm looking forward to seeing tim tebow the return of the messiah to the nfl what on earth are they doing it's like 3087 days from leaving the nfl to being re-signed by the jags what is that about <laughs> man i mean urban Meyer's talking him up i mean he coached him at the college level so there's there's clearly that relationship there which is great but um is this just another body to have in camp 
Um, you know, rumor is he's great for the locker room. So that's that's maybe the the vibe they're going for here. You see in most sports, you know, we talk about my links to to English football. Some players they may not be fantastic on the pitch, but actually to to bring the locker room together and to create that kind of atmosphere that you need to come together as a team. Tebow is undoubtedly that kind of guy that you need in that locker room. Um, is he going to make the final 53? Probably not. Is it a bit of an experiment? Probably. But yeah, I, I, as you say, I think the, the Lawrence to a matchup is going to be really interesting and that'll be great. That'll be a great game to go to. Well, I'm going to put you, can you hear me? Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to ask you for a prediction because we're playing Chargers v Patriots this year. Um, give me a prediction. Oh man, what week is it? What 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 week do we uh, do we meet you guys? And and is it in SoFi or is it in Gillette? Uh, let's have a cheeky look. It is just been announced. Of course, I don't have it available and open, but typically, Twitter tells me it is in the latter part of the season. Uh, Patriots Chargers. Here we go. Oh, it's not been announced yet, but is latter part of the season Patriots play Chargers? It's been leaked, but they're different accounts. But you know, it's it's late on in the season. You know, Herbert's up to speed. He is en route to being the MVP, and Mac Jones is failing in replacing Cam. You know, are we going to slaughter you, or is it going to be a close defeat for the Patriots? Oh man, I'd, I'd like to say neither, um, <laughs> uh, and I'm not going to be playing to the crowd here just because of the kind of podcast I'm on, but uh, I think it could be interesting. I think if it's late in the season, it could be Mac Jones, um, so there's there's a, a lot of uncertainty there, um, but I think with regards to the Patriots this season, the one thing with every, that everyone seemed to forget about when talking about the Patriots last year was that they didn't remember about the opt-outs. The opt-out, the amount of lead that we had a league-high number of opt-outs, especially on our defense. Our defense couldn't stop anyone. Uh, obviously, Belichick gets a lot of credit for his defensive coaching. I think, okay, Herbert's not, not going to be a rookie anymore, but I think Belichick can come up with quite a few things to stump him. Um, I believe we've got Matt Patricia back in the building now that he's no longer on the Lions um, as their head coach. So I think it could be a close game. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a blowout either way. Um, my honest answer is I'd like to say I think the Patriots win 27-24. And, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, Herbert tries to stage a late comeback and he can't quite get it done. That's get out. Get out of the building. Very early prediction. <laughs> well, you beat us 45-0 last year, so it can't be any worse. And I've just found out it's on Halloween. It's the eighth game of the season on Halloween. So uh, that'll be a pretty decent one for us. Um, nice. So, you know, it's, a, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you for coming in and uh, sullying our podcast with your Patriots refereeing views. You know, th- th- to be fair, it's not surprising that referees are Patriots fans because half the league and uh, NFL officials are all in Bill Belichick's pocket, are they not? Um, one last thought, guys. Uh, are you are you thinking you're going to win the division? Are you looking just to get in the playoffs? Where do you think you'll finish in your division, mate? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I think I think we'll do better than we did last year in terms of record. Um, whether it would be good enough to win the division, I'm not sure. The Bills are so strong um, and that they seem like such a great team. If they play anywhere near the level that they played last year, they'll, they'll win the division again. Um, I think for the future, Mac Jones is going to be great and I think he's going to give us the chance to compete. Um, but I think maybe this coming season might be a little bit too soon. Um, I think we're still in some sort of rebuild mode to, to a certain extent. Brady leaving has obviously left a massive chasm in, 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 in that team. So I think I think we could maybe push for second, and if we're maybe lucky, we could get a wild card spot out of it. But I don't think we're going to win the AFC East, if I'm perfectly honest. As much as it pains me to say it, and our listeners rejoice in happiness. <laughs> just, as, just as it is a Chargers podcast, I'll give you an AFC West prediction as well. Yes, lad, I love it. You, you guys aren't going to like me. I'm sorry to your listeners. Um, obviously, it's really hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes um, and the Chiefs. They've revamped their offensive line. They've made a few uh, few big-name signings um, and addressed that, that need that was clearly, clearly on display in the Super Bowl. Um, and I think that they will still win the division. But I think the Chargers also make the playoffs this year. 
We'll take it. We'll take what we can get. And uh, from a guy that's been watching enough player football in the last few years, then uh, I think that's a pretty good one. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Derso. It's a pleasure to have you on. Now, sod off. Thank Thank you. Wow. Thank you so much for joining us, Dan. It's a great pleasure to have a different perspective to hear about the thoughts about Hunter Henry and to think about, you know, what the Patriots versus the Chargers on Halloween is going to be about. We're going to do a special episode and bring Dan back on, hopefully, for a, a review when we absolutely smash the living daylights out of New England uh, on Halloween. So pa- Patriots are going to have a nightmare on Halloween. Trust me. <laughs> I like it. Um, so the last segment, we've got a listener question. Looking at the new players on the Chargers roster, both from the draft and free agency, who we most, who's going to have the biggest first year impact? Um, I'm going to throw it out there to John Was Jr. Who's the big name for you that's going to succeed year one? You just put me right on the spot there, haven't you? Um, <clears throat> I, I, the easy answer would be Rashawn, wouldn't it? Slater saying, you know, look, looking after Herbert. But I think, to be honest, I think there's a player that's under the radar at the minute. Um, we 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 draft uh, we we sign in free agency and I'm super hyped to have him and Jared Jared Cook I think as casually a, stealing my pick tight, thanks ah well you see see people not been talking about him and I think that the 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 offense that he he worked under with Breeze and Lombardi he's going to bring so much um, experience uh, and calmness to the locker room and. Look, ever since Antonio Gates departed and retired, you know we, we've had we've had issues at tight end. Under Henry, I was a bit disappointed to see him go. He's move on, but Jared, I'm super hyped to have him on board, and I'm really looking forward. Not only is his ability as a blocker, but his ability to pluck that ball out of the air, move the chains, and and score some touchdowns. But I think you know you know if you if you look at the our offense in, in general. You know, it, it was area. It was pushing towards the, the sort of uh, younger years, but now Jared comes in, bit of a veteran. He's been there, seen it, done it, and I think it just adds an, a nice little dynamic to the offense. And I'm just so glad that we went out and got him. I, I think, I think, I suppose, if you look at it like this, is if if he can get an immediate connection with with Herbert during um, obviously OTAs now and then uh, training camp. Uh, pre-season I think things are going to look really good for us because it gives that other dynamic everyone's expecting the ball to go to Keenan supported by Mike Williams and then obviously Eckler to come out of the backfield and be that sort of hybrid running back but I just think anybody lying up in front of the Chargers is going to be thinking there's Jared Cook that dude can play football and it just gives gives the defence something else to think about yeah, it's, it's it's a great choice. You know, I'm definitely going to target him in fantasy. Um, John, are you going a different direction? Where, who do you think is going to have this big splash impact for the Chargers? Um, I think I've got a different take. Um, I think I've got a different take than both of you. I think uh, I think if I'm picking, it's going to be somebody that you're not really expecting, and it's going to be my man Tristan Viscaino. Because I think we need a new <laughs> kicker badly. And, uh, you know, honestly, it's going to be two people. It's Vizcaino or it's going to be Kessman. Either one. I just, they need to get their kicking situation figured out. And, you know, I I just don't think Badgley is it. And maybe, yeah, yes, he was, he's fine, you know, within 50 yards, generally, when his confidence isn't lacking. Okay, sure, fine. But the, his inability to be consistent past 50 yards is important. And, and I've seen people say, well, why is it so important? This isn't fantasy football. You don't get more points for a 50 yarder. And I'm like, you get more points when you can only kick a 50 yarder and you get three or you have to punt it and you get zero, you know, or you, or you kick the 50 yarder and you miss it and you give the ball back to them at good position. You know, at the end of games, you generally end up with that last drive. And a lot of times you end up in that, you know, 50 to, you know, 57 yard range, you know, because that's as far as you could get it with the time you have left. And personally, I want a guy who I believe can, you know, potentially kick it through. I don't want to go going, well, Badgley's up, so I guess we lost this game. You know, I, I, I can't handle that again. So if Badgley's been, you know, if Badgley's been not skipping leg day and he's got, an, he's got some more power and he can, you know, efficiently kick 50-yard field goals. And again, I'm not looking for 100% past 50. I just, I just want a good, I want a reliable number past 50. If he can do that, fine. Badgley, you be the man. 
but I, I just don't think he can. I, I haven't seen it from him. So I think Vizcaino or Kessman, one of those two, they can come in and I think they can they can take that role on and they can be very good. And I think that to me is going to be the biggest impact on this team is, you know, they've already made some a big commitment to signing players and drafting, you know, drafting players later that have special teams experience and who are going to be good special teamers. So they're fixing that part of the game. I think the punting will improve with the improved offensive line. I don't blame Ty Long for some of the poor punting last year. I, I honestly blame the offensive line, forcing him to try to get the ball out quicker and not going through his normal kicking motion. So I think the punting will be better. And then finally, I think if we get a new place kicker, the, the place kicking will be better. And if we can improve that, then altogether that, off, uh, that special teams is going to be better. And that is going to elevate this team to at least one extra win. John, that's a, at good, least. That's a good call. And you know what? If special teams is okay this year, that's way better than last season. No, seriously. I mean, if, if we're league look, average, yeah, if, if league if, average would be a yeah, massive improvement. Even if we move up in the power in the special teams power rankings four, five, six, that is a massive improvement on last year's absolute embarrassment. And do you know what? I think if there's one player on the roster that's um, that's really up for grabs is a kicker and you're absolutely right because games are going to come down to a field goal in OT it's going to happen okay and we can't keep affording to leave keep leaving uh, points on the field you know and I'm hoping that the front office have, have really spent a lot of time looking at last season's tape and you know if I was a special teams coach I'd be making I'd be giving assignments throughout the summer saying your assignment is to watch every single uh, all 22 teams pay particular attention to what I'm doing special teams because it is embarrassing. And those pros will be out there cringing, especially the guys that are, are trying to come back to make their mark uh, in, in 2021. I, I love that take. You know, anything that gets me excited about the kickers um, is good by me. It's going to be a great camp to watch, you know, to see who comes out on top. And hopefully we don't let Badgley go and he becomes as incredible as Lampo or Koo. So let's see what happens. Um, for me, it's a slightly different take. I'm going to go defensive side of the ball. I, I do like Jared Cook, uh, but I do think the biggest impact um, will be from Asante Samuel Jr. Immediate impact on special teams. I think he'll get some reps there, um, but I, I think he's going to see the field. I think he's going to come in and be impressive. He's going to, you know, do everything we thought he was going to do when we scouted him. That's going to get turnovers, be aggressive on the ball, play all over the field. I think it's going to be a versatile defence. don't think Staley's going to necessarily line everyone up in traditional spots. You're going to see Derwin rotate in with Asante Samuel. Uh, Chris? Player of the yeah, season. Could be. Really could be. No, I'm telling you now. I'm telling you now, Derwin will be the standout player of no, the season. No, look at him. Look at him. You you keep ACL clock off the table, and we we. <laughs> I don't think that's a. I don't that's think that's harsh, a. Man. I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's a lukewarm microwaved cup of tea take. That's what I think. Um, He's going to be an all pro. <laughs> um, I, I think it's you know Asante Samuel in the mix takes the defence to the next level. It's really exciting to see him. Can't wait. That's who I'm looking forward to. That's who I'm going to be watching. So you basically you've just you've just injury cursed. Of course him I there, have, you know, but So he's gonna he's gonna snap his uh, touch ACL. Wood, touch wood. <laughs> John banging he's his done head. it now, touch wood. No, get off. Apparently he's already got a seat okay. in the trainers room ready for, for September. goodness sake. <laughs> Be- cursed him. Do you know what I really hope the criminals come and take another Another lonely catch <laughs> for that comment. Um, you know, so I'm excited about that. We're going to be talking over the next few weeks about what's happening in OTAs, what's happening in Chargers training camp. More of your questions. That one was from Daniel. Thank you so much for submitting it at TZig um, on Twitter. Keep them coming in. Um, we've got loads coming up. Got some exciting news. We've talked about Julio. That bandwagon, that train is leaving the station. Um, hot takes. They're going to be coming thick and fast. Um, and we can't wait. Just a th- shout out to uh, to our colleague, Dan, who has been uh, has had his vaccine, uh, his Wi-Fi and uh, 5G installed. He's, he's upgrading as we speak, so um, he couldn't make it. But uh, we've all been there. Go get your jab um, and, you know, send us a question. Uh, anyone got any last comments before we wrap up? Yeah, what's everyone's thoughts on Mr. Murray getting number nine jersey back? K nine is back. I do like that. I do like that. Like the, you know the name, the whole the whole thing that goes with it. And and if you know there's these little things. If you've ever watched, go and watch. Um, if you have Amazon Prime, all or nothing with Tottenham Hotspurs. I know it's I know it's the wrong type of football for some of you listeners, but 
John's favourite yeah, team. <laughs> he's he's on mute, but I'm pretty sure he's having a run. He's on mute. Uh, he's he's, he's yeah. swearing. But um, Mourinho on there talks about the psychology of of football being the most important element. There's talent on the field, but psychology and believing in yourself gives you an extra something that gets you victories you don't often get. And if giving someone a number... Yo, and, and Harry Kane. Not for long, because he's leaving. Yeah. Maybe with Chargers should sign yeah. him as a place yeah. kicker. Yeah, let me let me know let me know how that psychology works with that Harry. Throwing shade, um, but you know the thing is, if 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 it makes him play a tiny tiny inch better because he's got the number that makes him comfortable, fine. Who, who was that? Who was that guy that couldn't play with without number twenty three? Some famous basketballer for the Bulls. Yeah, exactly. Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, was it, that twenty three, or, or was that David oh, yeah, Beckham twenty three? <laughs> Which one? <are> you doing? <laughs> but no, you're you're absolutely right. Little things sometimes. Uh, players with superstitions and stuff. So, yeah, look, it's an interesting take. Uh, K9, let's go. Let's hope he's uh, he's uh, making some plays next season. Any last comments from you, Mr. Ayres? No comments from me. I think this was a good pod, guys. Uh, you know, yet again, um, you know, I appreciate you guys letting me take all the right takes and you guys oh. taking all the wrong takes. I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, it's a good uh, it's a good place to be. Well, I'm just waiting for Bezza's hot takes so, at some, some random stuff that I we're going to do huge, next season, like huge. hiring John Gruden a week six to or eat. something. So, you know, I've got to, got to find a way to eat him. Um, where can I find you on the socials? At Endzone85. At Adroit Airs, hashtag audible chocolate baby <laughs> the podcast is at charged up pod give us a follow thank you to our followers and i'm at bez the spaniard thanks for listening uh choo choo the julio train is leaving the station <laughs>